Well, first, before you get into any framework, you have to know what problem you're solving and who you're solving it for. Um, and it was wildly crazy to me how many people could not articulate uh, what problem they were solving and who they were solving it for. They'd be like, oh, this is for everyone. Well, then you are not going to make any money. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. I've got an awesome one for you guys today. I've got Amanda Katarzy. She's the director of Automation Empire and Wholesale Automation. She's also the owner of Inquiry Co. She's an expert in business strategy, sales team building, copywriting, and networking. Amanda, welcome to the show, sister. Thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. Absolutely. Your resume is like everything you need to start a business from scratch. <laughs> so I'm, yep. I'm excited to hear from you here. Um, you recently posted an unpopular opinion. If you keep losing, you're not learning, which is interesting, which is interesting because, you know, we hear all these trendy topics on social media, you know, and with your background and everything, you've probably used those topics to bolster your clients, social media and stuff like that. And so tell us about that. If you're, if you keep losing, you're not learning. Well, the, the basis of that is I was having a conversation with a friend and they were applauding this guy for his, starting over for the fourth or fifth time with another, their business had failed and they were starting over again. And you could see a very clear track record of why the businesses kept failing. And they were applauding this person for starting another business and like, yay, failure's great. Well, failure's only great if you're actually learning from it. Otherwise, you have some bad habits and you are not learning anything and you're going to keep failing. So while failing forward is a great concept, people need to actually apply it. <laughs> and so that, that's what that was about. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. Unfortunately... You know, when we get into these trendy topics or these one-liners, you know, that we hear from influencers, there's a lot of caveats that go into them. People want them to be a universal rule, but that's just yeah. not the case oftentimes like we can see like this. So uh, I just wanted to to bring that up and have you explain that because I think it's a great lesson for our listeners that, hey, just because it sounds cool and trendy and everybody's saying it and all the top influencers are doing it, doesn't mean it's perfect for every situation. Everything has variables. Everything has caveats, you know, and there's so many. You really got to look at your situation and, and self-assess for sure. 100%. Okay. It's not black and white. It's definitely very, very 50 shades of gray. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in your automation business, um, you're you're what I would describe as an entrepreneur. Okay. This is somebody <laughs> in the business that has all the skill sets, all the capabilities of operating their own business. Obviously you do with inquiry co and, and, but somebody was able to kind of capture them and say, Hey, I've got a big enough opportunity here. I can fit your dreams inside of mine. Mm -hmm. You know, how are they able to do that? And what is it like for you going from entrepreneur to entrepreneur? Yeah, that's a great question because I got a lot of hate mail 
about it. People were really upset with me when I announced that I was going to work for somebody. They felt like I'd kind of abandoned the entrepreneur lifestyle. They thought I was kind of quitting on you know, the dreams and every the ideas everyone have surrounding entrepreneurship. But what they didn't realize is it was a very strategic move that catapulted me five years ahead of where my plan was to be. Um, so the story goes that uh, I, I was engaging Ron early to speak at an event for one of my current clients with Inkrito. And long story short, we ended up meeting for him to sign a copy of his book for me because we, we lived in the same city. And um, 15 minutes turned into 90 minutes in a job offer. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't, I just met you. I'm not sure about all this. And I have my own company and we got to figure out what that looks like. Um, and after about a week of writing for him and shadowing him and seeing what he was creating, I knew 100% that I wanted to be involved with him. And I knew that taking his offer was going to be the absolute right choice for my future and aligned with my goals as far as what I wanted to build for impact and build for myself. Um, so it wasn't a choice I took lightly for sure at all, um, but it was the best choice I could have made a thousand percent. I love it. And I, and I love it because, you know, so many, and, and I'm going to do air quotes here, entrepreneurs say they'll never have a job again. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, mm-hmm. on how you, you define job, right. But right. for all intents and purposes, if somebody is, is paying you to do something, that's a job. Right. And mm-hmm. so based on that definition, uh, you know, like one of my friends asked today on social media, um, he asked, uh, "Would you, you know, as an entrepreneur, would you ever, would you ever be open to taking a job? You know, and and my answer is a hundred percent yes. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm doing two million and somebody that's doing a hundred million right. says, hey, come into my business and there's an opportunity for you to to net three million. Think about how much I would have to build my business in order to net that three million. You know, so there's the numbers aspect of it, but there's mm-hmm. also understanding that." okay, I have this opportunity, just like I would, like if a, a client that was doing 100 million came in and said, hey, I need all your time. It's it's the right. same thing, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so knowing all that is is the opportunity there. And, and mm-hmm. what I like what you did was you shadowed them first, right? And um, what that enabled you to do is kind of see how they operate, how they treated mm-hmm. their people or treated the people around them, you know? And so I think that's a that's an essential part of it because I I have recently I've had a few opportunities just like this you know mm-hmm. where it's like hey it might make sense if I can bring my team and my team can be employed by them also and yep. we can grow this thing you know because there's yep. a whole lot more opportunity maybe they have a, a way bigger brand than I do whatever the case is and so um and, and and plus I would imagine you have autonomy in your 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 business anyways yep. you know so yep. again depending on the opportunity, the time requirements and all that, sometimes it just makes sense, you know? And so I think it's a, it's a concept that, that translates a lot from where I'm coming from because, Mm -hmm. you know, I did door to door sales. Right. And everybody that was sitting across from me that I was about to hire always had the same answer when I asked them where they wanted to be. And it was in my seat, you know, every, every, every answer was the same, you know what I'm saying? Instead of what they wanted for themselves, it was the position, the title, 
the title of owner, which I think is way over glamorized. You got plenty of owners that only really make five a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, well, and what's hysterical, the idea of a job is the majority yeah. of entrepreneurs are not building a business. They're building a job and they're yeah. going to a job and they're working for their business, you know, not on it. They're working in it. So it's just really interesting to me how people put these labels on it. And it's like you're literally working for five bosses or 10 bosses instead of just yeah. one. And then um, I was also able to negotiate for equity within the companies. So um, tell me, I, I would have not been able to scale that quickly, my copywriting yeah. agency. So chestnut checkers, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Awesome. Okay. So in the automation business, uh, this is important because, man, you know, I've had so many mixed reviews about it in general, right? So oh, yeah. going into the masterminds, you've got your your people that are heavy in investments. Maybe they're investment experts. You know, they do syndications. Real estate, mm -hmm. real estate is king, right? And so, but all too mm -hmm. often, any anytime there's a room with money in it, what's going to happen is the other investments are going to come in, you know, and uh, Airbnb arbitrage, mm -hmm. right? Airbnbs in general. And that's just a number, another form of real estate. But one of the ones that always comes up and is heavily, heavily marketed is Amazon automation. You know, so I have a question that you probably get all the time. The same way I used to get the same question in door-to-door -door sales, right? Is door-to-door -door a scam? You know, door-to-door -door sales is a scam. I'm going to work for a week and, and you know, you guys are going to pay me, whatever the case is. I got all these preconceived notions that came mm -hmm. with that title of door-to-door -door sales, right? So Amazon automation is often tied to a, a negative connotation, which is, is it's a scam, whatever the case may be. So my question for you is first, how do you avoid those? Because they are out there, right? How do you oh, avoid yeah. those? And then, and then secondly, what are you guys doing to kind of break that, I guess, um, reputation of it? Yeah. Um, we are very open and honest. So if we were a scam, would we be inviting 60 plus people to come tour our entire operations. Of course, we're having them sign NDAs. Of course, they're clients with us. They're coming to our warehouse. They're meeting almost our entire staff. We, we literally have the doors open. And that is a conversation and an, an option available to all potential clients as you know as long as you sign an NDA because we've got IP um, you are more than welcome to come look at our books come sit in meetings we actually had a potential investor he invested with us and then he showed up he just flew down here and so we had him sit in almost every single meeting except for one which was more of a political you know inner workings yeah. culture kind of meeting um but he sat through all of our operations meetings he sat through all of our systems and he was like holy cow like you don't nobody does this stockbrokers don't do this um you know realist investment groups don't do this and and we are certified by the state of florida as an investment group we were awarded a key to the city by the mayor um we're doing things that e-com companies do not do and the cool thing about us is we own every single part of our process so we don't white label we do not outsource anything we own every single part and we can 
pivot and we can show you and we can bring you and introduce you to those people running each and every single part of our systems and operations. Um, so unfortunately, there are a lot of people scamming people out there. I mean, that is something that we deal with on the regular. We get stonewalled because of that quite a bit. Um, yeah. And I'm not here to convince somebody. I'm just here to provide an opportunity. And if you throw the word scam on all the bad choices you made, you are not going to be successful in life. It's That's not my <laughs> responsibility. Like, um so it's, it's, it is kind of a bummer that people have ruined it, but actually somebody was just texting me a referral. We get referrals from companies that have scammed people so many times yeah. and they're like, hey, we know that you're doing it right. And we often cut really great deals for those people because we, we feel bad for them. And, and it's such yeah. a shame that people are taking advantage of, of blue collar working people who are trying to make their first investment. Um, mm -hmm. And we want to support them in that way and make it right in that way. I love so much about what you said. A, a, a few things I want to point out. IP, you know, if a company is going to take the time to uh, trademark that intellectual property or protect that intellectual property, chances mm -hmm. are they have something that is worth protecting. You know what I'm saying? The second, yeah. the second thing I would say, the physical uh, warehouse that you guys have. I, you know, from what I've heard about this, these businesses is when you have the physical warehouse, you can typically bet that it's legit, you know, because they're actually holding inventory. They're actually doing distribution versus when everything's white labeled or automate truly, I guess, automated outside of the physical part. Right. Yeah. Um, it's too easy. It's, it's too easy for it just to disappear. You know what I'm saying? When there's not a physical product in place. So right. that makes a ton of sense there. And, um, but my favorite part about what you said was if you labeled every bad choice you made as a scam, you know, you wouldn't get very far in life, which is so true because it points out something that I think is even more important and something I'm going through right now as an investor as well. You know, I invested in this real estate deal in Florida, right? And um, the developer just decided that she was going to turn her life around and no longer be ethical. You know what I'm saying? So she, more than anything, just kind of walked, right? And Breaking is- Breaking bad kind of situation there. <laughs> is doing legal jujitsu to uh to extend her walk i guess you could say to where she doesn't have to be held accountable for several years oh, because God. you know she's putting us through the, the the legal system and everything so but my point is i don't have you know yes i'm upset you know and yes there was a group of us that came together there was a, a few guys that were very savvy in this leading it and but that's part of it like i can't be upset at them i took the risk they gave me everything up front. They showed me all the documents and the investment and everything, and it looked good to me. Now I'm a newer investor, so maybe I made a bad choice. Maybe I didn't. You know, maybe a seasoned investor would have made the same choice I did. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, the burden of proof is on me as an mm -hmm. investor. You know, so mm -hmm. what you said about every bad choice you make isn't a scam. You know, I I relate to that so much, and and it was so many times people came into to my business made a bunch of bad choices and left and then called it a scam on their way out instead mm -hmm. of just taking responsibility for those choices, which right. I think is, is the case in a, in a, a lot of these situations where people are saying immediately, Oh, my friend was scammed or my friend's cousin's sister <laughs> was scammed. Yeah. So all Amazon automation is a scam, you know, yeah. and we hear this, we hear this so many times. It's like fortune 20 companies, you know, 
mm -hmm. AT&T, bad customer service one time, and now AT&T just has bad customer service for the end of time, you know, yep. which is a label that's so hard to get rid of sometimes. But I'm, I'm glad to hear you're on top of that. So within the business, you know, as an entrepreneur within the business, what are you kind of doing in, in the business with your experience and your background and everything? And what are you guys executing on right now? It's been a really interesting journey inside this because when I first started, I was writing for Ron, I was writing real scripts. And then he's like, you just need to shadow me and learn this business so that I can utilize you in other areas. So I kind of stepped into this executive assistant position for a while to where I was literally with him all the time and really learned how his mind worked, how the strategy worked, how the whole entire industry worked, because I was completely ignorant of e-com and of Amazon FBA. I didn't even know it existed when I first started. So this was a massive learning curve for me. Um, and then as needs arose, I would just apply myself where needs were. And that turned into me basically running the relationships with all the distributions, manufacturers, and brands that wholesale automation purchases the products from on behalf of Automation Empire clients. Um, so I had to learn a whole world of distribution, of manufacturing, of freighting, of warehouse operations. Um, and again, massive learning curve there. <laughs> it, was, it was a tough, tough couple months there initially where I'm like, I don't even know what size pallet things are or what kind of forklift I need or, right. you know any of that, what, what a lane is for a freight, what, what does that even mean? Um, and then I had to negotiate for all that and negotiate pricing, which was really fun. Um, as you know, in sales, it's, it's kind of a blast, um, and learning how to communicate as a woman in a male dominated industry and get what I want was mm -hmm. very interesting to learn because my default, um, being super honest is to flirt. And that's just not acceptable. I mean, it works to a degree, but that's That's not, a true salesperson right there. That's not the woman I want to be professionally. Right. So how yeah. do I utilize my skill as a woman and my femininity as yeah. a power tool without exploiting it? Yeah. And that was a really interesting process that I'm still learning, but I hope I'm better at it at this point. <laughs> But no, Ron, I, Ron mentored me quite a bit in that, which I'm super, super grateful for. I love that. And I love that you're bringing it up because it is important, right? Um, too many, too many young women are getting into sales and they're being taught by sales organizations, you know, dealerships like I used to run um, yeah. that, hey, use, use your femininity, use your attractiveness, use being a woman in your mm -hmm. favor but use it in the cheapest ways, you know what I'm saying? Right. Which yeah. is, is not developing your skill set, is, is not developing your communication skills, you know, yeah. not developing your marketing skills, you know, which mm -hmm. any woman can use those, the, you know, use those tactics, it's right? So you want to, yeah, you want to, you want to separate yourself. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I love that you brought that up in your, with your diverse experience and background and your previous business, are you taking some things from there and, and applying it to what you're doing now? Oh, a thousand percent. Even before I started Inquiry Co., I was a social worker for eight years. 
which is all communications and sales, but it's got a little bit more of a treacherous result, right? So I'm trying to convince people to go into rehab. I'm trying to get uh, women out of trafficking. And so if I can't convince them to trust me and to go with me within a couple of minutes, they could die. And so that translated into being a writer and marketing and writing copy that could actually produce a ROI. And then that translated into negotiation and building trust. Communication is the number one tool that you can develop that will benefit you across any career that you choose. Communication is the key to everything. Um, and it's the most valuable skill I, I, I believe that you can have. Um, so I'm grateful to have been able to practice that in such intense situations. So now when I'm negotiating with Nestle for product, you know, no one's going to die, but I'm going to get, you know, 30%, 40%, 60% profit margin instead of 10 or 20. <laughs> yeah, no, but no one's going to die. But, you mm -hmm. know, being that that, I guess that's the muscle you used to stretch. Yep. You know, negotiating this now must feel like. Oh, this is a breeze because there's not as much pressure, but at the same time, you're still using those same tactics, right? Oh yeah. Let's talk it's about fun. let's talk about copywriting a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. because I think every salesperson can use good copy, whether it's in recruiting ads, whether it's in, you know, maybe they're placing their own ads on Facebook or whatever the case is, or mm -hmm. the, maybe they're making some marketing materials. Is there a certain framework that you like to use when it comes to writing copy? Um, yeah. And uh, how do you execute on that? Well, first, before you get into any framework, you have to know what problem you're solving and who you're solving it for. Um, and it was wildly crazy to how many people could not articulate uh, what problem they were solving and who they were solving it for. They'd be like, oh, this is for everyone. Well, then you are not going to make any money. If what you have is for everyone and solves everything, you are already out of business and you are already bankrupt um, because, you know, <laughs> this is going to sound sacrilegious and I believe in Jesus, but Jesus is for everyone and he solves all the problems and we see how many people do not believe in him. So if you want to be as successful as Jesus which he is not here anymore, um, then go for it. And I know that's probably a terrible example, but I mean, <laughs> that's the writer in me is to break your frame and try to yeah. get a reaction. And you did not give me erection at all. So good job. Um, <laughs> so I think the number one thing, like I said, is to know what you're selling and being able to clearly articulate what problem you're solving to a very specific um, avatar. And you need to have three levels of that avatar and you need to have three money options as well um, so that you can hit multiple people. And usually your, your middle line pricing is going to be the most biggest seller anyways. So you're going to focus and put the most energy into that. Moving forward, I use Closer Framework, which is outlined in Ron Early's book, Closer. Um, but basically, it, it's really similar. It makes just super sense. You're clarifying, you're labeling, um, you're 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 doing all those things in a more detailed way, and you're making it real. I think people get caught up in writing scripts and writing templates, and they forget that you, business is actually very freaking personal. Yeah. People always say, "Oh, it's not personal. It's business. It's the most entrepreneurship is the most emotional." 
personal thing you could ever be involved with. And when it comes to people's livelihoods and money, that is insanely emotional and personal. So your copy should reflect that and it should be real and it should be conversational and it should be empathetic and engaging. Um, I would say in copy, the most important thing to focus on is triggering emotions and people tend to go to negative emotions because it's easy to induce fear. Like we're talking about cheap tactics again, right? So cheap tactics, including fear and scarcity. Um, and those are very easy things to, to sell off of. However, that will not create a sustainable or a high return when you get to high ticket sales. So when you're getting into high ticket sales, you will need to invoke positive emotions and you'll need to release dopamine, serotonin into their systems, right? And so you can do that by storytelling and taking them on a journey. And there's tons of methods that can be used that way. Um, but if you want to learn more about that, I would really suggest Getting Closer by Ron Early. He outlines it in such a perfect way, and I literally apply it to everything. Um, I think it's also worth talking about, and I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I get so okay. passionate about selling to women versus selling to men. Um, mm -hmm. There is a strategy there, and um, when you engage with men, you need to engage in logic, and you need to engage in facts, and you also need to challenge their authority. As a yeah. woman, I always challenge the man's authority and get him to double down on it, which usually works in my favor. With women, I'm going to be highly empathetic and I'm going to leverage emotion and engage with them in that emotion and be relatable. So, I mean, same if you're selling to different political parties. I've written bipartisan legislation and I had to go across the hall and pitch to, you know, Democrats, Libertarians, Republicans, and my pitch adjusted according to who I was talking to, according to what, you know, each individual person stood for. And I was highly successful as that as well. Just knowing who you're talking to and how to engage their positive emotions is critical to copy. I love it. And I love what you said about uh, it going from a low ticket item and, you know, engaging those negative emotions to engaging more positive emotions as you go high ticket. It makes a ton mm -hmm. of sense. And then selling to women versus men, you know, as you were saying that I was thinking about a, a framework that I teach, which is selling the way customers want to buy. And mm -hmm. there's a fighter and a detective. Those typically sell to men. There's an entertainer and a counselor. Those typically yep. sell to women, you know, <laughs> and, and exactly what you outlined is, is so incredibly true. So I appreciate you walking us through that. And a hundred percent, I'm going to get on Amazon <laughs> since we're talking about that after this in order. Ron Early's book closer. It sounds like a, a gem for sure. Perfect. Yeah, no. And I loved how you described that detective and fighter and then counselor and uh, entertainer. Those are such mm -hmm. vivid words and I'm a word geek. So I love that. That paints a very descriptive picture. I love that. That's I'm going to have to steal that. Yeah. As much as I would love to take credit for it, that's actually a training done by Southwestern consulting, which oh, okay. is, they had the original door-to-door -door, uh, Bible sales teams. Okay. So like they were the original door-to-door -door guy selling Bibles. Yeah. <laughs> and Bring so, it right back around to Jesus. <laughs> yeah, right back around to Jesus, right? Um, but the the guy that administered that training, and I believe he developed it, his name is Rory Baden. And okay. so I think he's with Brand Ambassadors now or Brand Builders, that company. And so he teaches you how to build your brand essentially. But um, 
Um, he's an incredible sales trainer and uh, brand specialist, but I also have his quote at the bottom of every one of my emails. If you ever got an email from me, it says uh, success is, is not owned. It's leased and the rent is due every day. Okay. Yeah, definitely. It's a great quote of his too. I think uh, JJ Watt and the rock both are quoted as saying that, but it was Rory Vaden first. (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) they applied to the gym. Yeah. But yeah, um, if you go to bgstsalestoolkit.com, I go through that that training. And so um, it's a it's a really good training, and it obviously goes right hand-in-hand hand with copy. So awesome. Yeah. Okay, so you've got an event coming up on this Friday. This episode is going to release Wednesday morning, the 18th. And Ooh. you've got an event, I'm assuming, Friday the 20th. Yep. And so tell us about the event and if any last minute people want to get in, what they can do. Well, I've got two last minute spots. Um, and the goal here is to build revenue streams for first time investors, experienced investors. So my parents actually pulled money out of their 401k um, because they felt like it was unstable and invested in a store and they were able to just go on their first trip international trip ever in their lives to italy and and we're italian so my dad they made tiramisu the other night they've been riding vespas everywhere they are send the most ridiculous pictures to me they are having a blast and it's so cool to be able to offer them something like that and i mean and that's what we do is we offer that kind of opportunity so on the 20th we have the garage to empire event which kind of just showcases it's ron and kaylee um his their seventh year anniversary of doing amazon and um so we're celebrating that we're also celebrating our one year anniversary of acquiring this company and changing the business model completely um, and the wild success that we've experienced with the new business model and with us taking over Um, And so that is the 20th. That's going to be an immersion tour. They're going to come here to the office. They're going to meet the entire team. We're going to go to the warehouse. They're going to get a tour of the warehouse and understand the systems and operations that go into FBA. And then we're coming back for a dinner and a networking event. And these are people who are are involved in Airbnbs. They're involved in real estate. They're involved in crypto. They're involved in so many different areas of investing in business. And so it's all about impact and legacy. Like, I think you would agree. Most entrepreneurs, we get into entrepreneurship because we know we're called to make an impact. And you you just can't do that without a lot of money. Rarely can you create 100%. sustainable impact without money. So you have to become wildly successful. How do you become wildly successful quickly? entrepreneurship. So at heart, we're all philanthropists and we're all of the same mind in that we want to create legacy and impact. And I think that's the just the huge driving factor is getting us all in a room to where we can understand how we can help others, how we can create um, revenue streams for people, how we can liberate others. Um, and so, yeah, that's what's happening on the 20th. And if you want in, we have two spots left. And uh, if you choose to reach out to me or invest with us, I will fly you in first class. I will buy your ticket. You will come to Sarasota and you can stay here for the weekend. I don't care. You can stay here for the weekend. Enjoy the most beautiful beach in the country, Siesta Key. Um, 
and yeah, change the world with us and make money doing it. I mean, it's a win-win. Beautiful. Where are they going to go? Where would they go to get more information on that? You know, obviously your social media is, but do y'all have another spot that they can go directly to? Sure. Our website is um, automationempire.com. They can reach out on there or you can literally DM me uh, at, on my Instagram or on Automation Empire's Instagram. So my Instagram is Amanda Katarzy, Um, And then the company's Instagram is Automation Empire. Awesome. Thank you so much for that info. Yeah. Okay. Last question. And yes. you, you just talked about this, but I'm, I'm curious about what it is for you. So, um, what does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Yeah, this actually recently shifted. So I love this okay. question. Um, and it shifted because I found out that I was right. So I had five miscarriages and my whole goal was to have all the babies and raise all the powerful children in the world. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, that was decided that that wasn't for me for some reason. And so I had to shift that, which has been a really interesting experience, especially as a woman, I'm already full grown. And now I have to change my ideas surrounding this. But now what legacy means to me, I want to leave a legacy to where I am liberating people. And that requires a lot of different things. Um, but honestly, first and foremost, it requires wealth. Because to pay for any good therapy, you got to have money to step mm -hmm. into a new level of freedom and out of survival, you got to be financially freed up. Um, and so my, my goal is to meet their immediate needs now, which for most people is finances. And then I want to mentor people and bring women into true femininity to where they can be an alpha female without being obnoxious, without being a brat without being a unhinged feminist and support powerful men in their roles and create that synergy between strong women and strong men and kind of bring balance back to our culture in that way. I love that. I, I love everything about that. <laughs> I've, I've also heard your story though. Uh, if you guys get a chance, uh, go check out Amanda's uh, interview with the Real Business Owners. She had a fantastic interview on their show and uh, a lot of her background and everything. And it was, it was a very beautiful story. So I know you're going to make that impact. I know you're going to fulfill that legacy. And I want to yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, imparting all that value, whether it was the, the copywriting piece or the entrepreneur piece, uh, a ton of value for us. And again, if you are interested in checking out uh, the, uh, I'm sorry, what was the website again? Wholesale automation, automationempire.com. There you go. Automationempire.com. Uh, definitely check that out and hook up with Amanda. It sounds like an amazing trip they're going to have, and they're going to be networking, networking with some really cool people out there as well. So mm -hmm. thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed this. All right, let's get building. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Be sure to execute on everything that you just heard and let's get building. Before we sign off, we'd like to invite you to join our Brickyard community. Head on over to jointhebrickyard.com. Again, that's jointhebrickyard.com or click the link in the description to find out more.